0: Welcome to the Brothers in Faith podcast on St. Joseph Radio. Join Father Vincent Churchella and Deacon Michael Churchella as they talk about faith, family, and sometimes food.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Brothers in Faith podcast on St. Joseph Radio. I am Father Vincent Ciricello, and this is my brother, Deacon Michael Ciricello, and we are the Brothers in Faith. Well, today is the 4th of July, the day when our country celebrates its independence, and uh, many people are celebrating today, having barbecues and getting together with family and friends, and many will gather together to watch the uh, famous Macy fireworks uh, show tonight. At 9 uh, p.m. here in New York City, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful day to celebrate and to to celebrate the independence that our great country has. Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So summer is not only a time for barbecue and the beach and getting together with family and friends and uh, summer camps uh, for the children, but summer is also a time for vacation. But Catholics do something a little different. Many Catholics go on pilgrimage during the summer. I know that in uh, about maybe three, uh, three and a half weeks from now, the Diocese of Brooklyn is going to uh, Portugal to World Youth Day. And I think we have over 300 uh, people going to World Youth Day on a pilgrimage. Me and my brother, uh, Deacon Michael, we just got back from a religious pilgrimage that was very moving and we'd like to share that experience with you. On June 21st, we uh, we led a pilgrimage to a small town in Bosnia-Herzegovina, which is in the country of Croatia, the former Yugoslavia, a small town called Medjugorje. We took about 28 uh, pilgrims with us on this trip. And... Um, our goal was to go and to experience the faith there in Medjugorje. Medjugorje uh, began on June 24, 1981, when the Blessed Virgin Mary, and I'm going to say allegedly, because the apparitions have not been approved by the diocese, uh, I mean by the Vatican, and um, also by, not by their diocese there also. But uh, so I'm going to use the word "alleged" every time I say apparition. And on June twenty-fourth, nineteen eighty-one, Our Blessed Virgin Mary allegedly appeared to six children, all of them teenagers. One of them was uh, Yaakov was about was only about ten years old. One of the boys. There were there were two boys, there Yaakov and Ivan, and Our Lady allegedly appeared to them and gave them messages for the world. And the first first words that came out of her mouth were, pray, 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 my dear children, pray. I've come to tell the world that God exists and that I am the queen of peace. So that was in 1984. Fast forward now to 2023, uh, here I am, me and Deacon Michael are leading a pilgrimage, and um, so we want to share with you a little bit about the trip to get to Medjugorje. Why don't you talk about that, Michael, Deacon Michael, just to get there. What does it take?
0: get to Medjugorje, thank God, this is the first year where there is an actual direct flight now to Dubrovnik which was a nine and a half hour flight from Newark Airport to Dubrovnik. And from Dubrovnik, uh, we got into a bus and that took about another four and a half hours to get to our destination, which was Medjugorje. Uh, It took about 14 hours to get there total. Before this direct flight, uh, it used to take about 20 to 24 hours. There used to be a layover in Frankfurt, Germany, or Dublin, Ireland, and um, it was just an amazing time to get there. But it's well worth the the effort. Uh, Unfortunately, they lost Father Vincent's bag uh, in Dubrovnik. For three days, he had no uh, luggage, and uh, that's how we really started the trip. But it started with such a blessing to have all these uh, pilgrims with us, uh, on this beautiful, beautiful pilgrimage to uh, Medjugorje. Uh, Medjugorje is my third time here that I visited it. And uh, every time I go, the graces and the blessings are just amazing. Uh, it's well worth uh, the, the effort to get there. Thousands upon thousands of people there uh, were this past week celebrating the anniversary of the first apparition, June 24th, 1981. And um, for us uh, to go and climb up that apparition hill with a lot of these pilgrims that we talk, talk, took there that have never been there, and to go up there with my brother, Father Vincent, and to go to the cross, uh, where, where Father Vincent will talk about the cross on that hill that changed his life, that changed the direction of his life, to redirected his vocation to the priesthood and uh, to just climb up there with our fellow pilgrims. Uh, I helped uh, a cousin of ours that, that came with us and she made it up to that cross uh, of Operation Hill. So it was just really worth the, uh, the struggle and effort to get there.
1: Talk a little bit about like what 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 takes place in a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. My the deacon just mentioned the climbing Apparition Hill. Uh, you might for you for those of you that are listening, you might not even ever heard of Apparition Hill. Apparition Hill is a, a very rocky uh, mountainside that has a cross that he spoke about that represents the first site of the first apparition. Or the second apparition, I believe. The first apparition was at the base, and the second apparition was at that cross. And then, on the very top of the apparition hill, there's a statue of Our Lady of Medjugorje that was donated by a Korean businessman, whose uh, child was healed. I don't. I forget the exact illness the child had. Did they, you remember that? No, but he was healed, and the man bought the statue. And that statue's up there. So you begin the pilgrimage, first day you settle in, second day, five o'clock in the morning, we head for Apparition Hill. And all, all the pilgrims that want to do it, they all put on their sneakers and shorts and t-shirts, and we make our way up praying the rosary as we go up, the joyful mysteries. That's day one. What are some other things you do in Medjugorje? Well, Medjugorje also, we celebrate and we go to daily mass. They have an English mass at 10 a.m. every day in St. James Church. The church is named St. James. They have uh, confessions that go on every night um, from 6 till about 8 p.m., outdoor confessions. They have mass in Croatian at 7 p.m. They have outdoor adoration. They have um, um, outdoor adoration. They have also um, a beautiful statue of the risen Lord that people say miraculously that there's drops of water coming from his knee. You can visit that there. There's a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel which you can Go and pray at all throughout the day. Um, there's some great restaurants, right, that are there. Yes. So uh, we, uh, you know, the food is great. It's a very Mediterranean diet. So it's it's so much fun, and and uh, we met so many good people on the trip, and so many of them were carrying so many different crosses. You want to talk about a little bit about that, about how the group came together.
0: Father Vincent touched upon when we the first morning when we when we we got there woke up at five a.m. in the morning we met downstairs and we headed over to Apparition Hill. And Apparition Hill is a powerful place where the uh, where the children encountered allegedly encountered Our Lady. And just going up that hill, we really didn't know each other. A lot of the people in this group. Just going up that hill, Apparition Hill we were helping each other up the hill, climbing up this mountain. And there was a couple individuals that really, in our group, that were really helping and assisting each other going up this hill. Now, why are we climbing this hill? Why are we praying the rosary up this hill? Why, why, why? What is the purpose? Well, it's to really walk into the footsteps of other pilgrims at this point Hundreds and hundreds of thousands that have been through Medjugorje in the last uh, 42 years. And you walk in those footsteps, and you walk in the footsteps of where those visionaries, allegedly those children, saw Our Lady. And we're all carrying crosses going up that hill. And what amazed me, I talked to Father Vincent about it during the trip, is how this particular group, Father Vincent has led many, many pilgrimages, This particular group came together uh, quite quickly uh, from that climb on Apparition Hill. And not only to climb up, but to climb down. We assisted each other and we came together uh, as a group. And that really set the tone for the rest of the the, uh, nine days that we were there. And uh, I would like you to talk about Father Vincent when we went to uh, when we had the healing mass in uh, in the, the 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 orphanage, the orphanage of, of the children's orphanage in Medjugorje, and how powerful that was for the group, and maybe you could touch upon. Uh, I know it really touched me. I like to know how you feel about that mass that we had, that healing mass at that orphanage.
1: We had mass every day, so all the masses were beautiful and uh, very prayerful. Um, part, when you go to Medjugorje, you visit um, Mother's Village, which is a orphanage orphanage that was started by Father Slavko Barberic. Father Slavko uh, was a Franciscan. The Franciscans um, are uh, the priests that are in the in the village of Medjugorje. And uh, as you know, or you may not know, in the early 90s, there was a war in uh, Serbia, Bosnia, the Serbs against the Croats, uh, And, um, you know, that war left a lot of children homeless because a lot of men died. And the mothers were not able to support their children. So Father Slavko saw a need and he bought some property and he built this village called Mother's Village to serve the needs of the orphans. And they were cared for, and now they're all adults and they're all flourishing in their respective ways. And a part of the pilgrimage is to see that village, the Mother's Village, and to, you know, even today there's a lot of services that are being uh, uh, administered there. You know, there's still a, a children's school, there's still a, um, you know, um, uh, programs for adults. So Mother's Village is still being used in different ways, but Father Slavko's dream was for children and for services to the community of uh, Medjugorje and the outskirts of Medjugorje. But anyway, we had a healing mass there with our group, and it was very powerful because at the end of mass, uh, every mass is a healing mass, but at the end of mass, we, we took time to just pray over the uh, pilgrims and uh, asking the Lord to give them peace and uh, an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that that really brought a lot of people together in a very deep, deep way. And so the group really came together rather, rather quickly. And uh, they were struggling with all kinds of things, as we all are, you know, problems in marriage, uh, sickness, uh, you know, all kinds of things, the personal struggles. And, um, they, they really came together. And it's one of the fruits of Medjugorje is that, uh, there is unity. There's a great unity there, you know, a great unity in, uh, in Medjugorje. So, um, that's one of the things that's moving also to see all those thousands of people in prayer, right? You remember the outdoor adoration?
0: We made a, we made a, a concerted effort to, to bring the group to adoration. And um, when we decided to do that, we spoke about it with the group, how important it was to, to come together in that evening for adoration. Some of the pilgrims, I would say, never, never, never experienced adoration before. So thousands upon thousands of people in the evening, uh, at 8.30 p.m. at night, sitting in this beautiful, beautiful uh, square, praying adoration. It was just so powerful. And the tears and the emotion from just the people in our group, was just tremendous, it really was. And uh, I know I spoke to a couple of people in our group who says that it was transformational for them, it was life changing for them to uh, to pray adoration like that and to sit in front of our Lord and in the in the in the blessed sacrament that way.
1: Yeah, it definitely was uh, transformational for sure. It's amazing those thousands of people in a field with the Eucharist exposed in this complete silence. You can hear a pin drop on the floor. So powerful, so powerful, so peaceful, so peaceful. So, what another thing that's really incredible about Medjugorje is the confession. Uh, every night there are confessions available, there's 20. 25, 30 priests outside hearing confessions in all different languages, Spanish, English, Italian, Slavic, uh, all kinds of different languages. And people are going to confession and people are really having really not your traditional confession when you come to church and you just tell the priest the same thing over and over again. Uh, They're actually having This change of heart and it's happening right in front of you as you're as you're listening to them so um, there's a spirit there the sacraments are being so fully lived out you know confession eucharist um, really powerful you know and also um, you know we really believe that something supernatural is going on there. That's why I've been going back for so many years. Now, of course, I would never, never go against what Holy Mother Church is saying. Holy Mother Church is saying that it has not been approved yet. But Holy Mother Church has also said that priests can lead pilgrims there. And so what I'm seeing there is a renewal in the church. Is a real renewal, and that that renewal should be brought into our local parishes. Let me give you an example. In our local parishes, are we really um, are we really offering confession enough? Are people are people celebrating the sacrament of reconciliation enough? Is it enough just to have it for forty five minutes on a Saturday? Or do we offer it more? Is one of the questions I have as a pastor. Are we um are we offering adoration enough? Are, are people having an ability to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament? Are we, um, another thing they do in Medjugorje is foster devotion to pray the rosary? Are we praying the rosary enough as a community? Um are we um, fasting? Our Lady in Medjugorje tells us that we should be fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays. Are, are we fasting on uh, on bread and water on Wednesdays and Fridays? If we can, if not, then we can offer we, we can offer something else other than uh, other than bread and water. And so let's. Get that spirit of Medjugorje, that spirit of renewal back here. Love for Our Lady, devotion to Our Lady. Um, And I think that would really, really be what uh, would be a great fruit of Medjugorje, coming back home and bringing that spirit of living the Catholic faith in a powerful way.
0: A lot of your pilgrims that were with us didn't really, uh, really, we, they couldn't comprehend or understand what was going on, the energy that was in Medjugorje. Uh, and the Father Vincent talked about the supernatural experience that's going on. Let me try to just put it into words because it's easy for us because we've been there uh, for these, uh, these alleged apparitions that have been going on for so long. But my point is this. If these alleged apparitions get approved, especially the earlier ones, and there's been hundreds and hundreds of apparitions now, uh, it's going to change the way the world looks at Our Lady and looks at our faith. And Medjugorje to me, if I had to explain it to you, give a quick explanation, is these alleged apparitions are ongoing. That's the difference between all these other Marian sites right now. These alleged apparitions are ongoing. The energy is there. And to put it into words to these pilgrims that were with us, especially the first-timers, they couldn't understand and they were trying to channel this energy and they were overwhelmed emotionally. And every time I go there, I'm overwhelmed emotionally. And we had the privilege one evening to be in the apparition chapel of Yvonne, one of the visionaries, who invited the priests and the deacons that were staying in Medjugorje to come and pray the rosary and and uh, sit in the chapel when the alleged apparition occurs. Powerful, just a powerful, powerful experience that's unexplainable. But I, I like I would like well for for you, brother, just to talk about your experience on Apparition Hill. Uh, and how your vocation to the priesthood was, uh, was recalibrated in Medjugorje.
1: Well, What happened in, uh, in the year 2001, just a month before September 11th, uh, I was there for the Feast of the Assumption of Medjugorje. I was on a vocation pilgrimage. Uh, I was uh, in the college seminary uh, for about two years. And I took a leave of absence because I, I didn't believe anymore that I was being called to the priesthood. And I was on this vocation pilgrimage with Father Charles Mangano. And um, um, one night I was in, Yvonne had a small chapel at that time, Yvonne the Visionary. And I felt really a, a pull on my heart to go at night by myself to the Hill of Apparitions. I went by myself. I took a small flashlight with me. It was very dark. Uh, I made it up the hill and I I knelt before that cross where either the first or second apparitions allegedly took place and I just poured my heart out to Jesus. Really asking him to give me clarity to, to really tell me what I what I should do with my life. And I was a young man. I was uh, in my twenties at the time, and um, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I opened up Scripture. I had a little Bible in my hand, the little uh, Bible that they give out at the hospitals, and that little Bible I opened up to Peter. Do you love me? And uh, and uh, I felt that the Lord was asking me. You know when He asked Peter, Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And three times Peter had to say, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Our Lord was asking me, Vincent, do you love me? And if you love me, feed my sheep. And so my vocation on that night on that hill went from my head to my heart within a matter of seconds. And the miracle that took place there is that that's over 22 years ago. I've never, ever doubted that I am called to be a priest since then. For me, that was a miracle. And uh, it happened in Medjugorje. Now, whether you believe or whether whether the apparitions are approved yet, Medjugorje is a very special place for me. And I'm one of hundreds of thousands that have had those spiritual experiences there. Many, many, many seminarians have uh, received vocations there. It's all documented. So this great talk about Medjugorje, this uh, great talk about uh, what's going on there, what's happening there. In my opinion, the faith is being lived in a way that we should emulate, that we should repeat in all the parishes throughout Brooklyn and Queens. And uh, not to say that we're not doing it now, but maybe we we can do a better job at Uh, it—offering more times for confessions, praying the rosary more with our people, encouraging fasting and praying with the heart, opening up opportunities for Eucharistic adoration and devotion. And maybe if we do that, then people will uh, have a positive experience of the faith.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that's, That's what really we need. And that's the energy we we brought back from Medjugorje. We just came back a few days ago, and we have to bring that to our parishes and to the people we minister to. And I just want to say that uh, if you're thinking about or you have an apprehension, apprehensive about not coming to Medjugorje, please, please, if somebody invites you, think about it. My brother invited me for many years, and I accepted that invitation the first time in 2018 I was so glad that I did and this is what we need as a church we need that energy and we need to listen to our mother Mary when she always tells us dear children peace and prayer and fasting is what I need and what my son Jesus needs and I just want to give that invitation out to all of us here listening on this beautiful podcast today God bless you
1: Yeah, and uh, if you're interested in Medjugorje, I am leading another pilgrimage next year, myself and my brother Deacon Michael, in the early uh, September. We're probably going to leave September 3rd, the day after Labor Day, and we'll be there for 10 days. So if you want to come with us, you can uh, call the Parish of St. Joseph's in Astoria, 718-278-1611, 718-278-1611. All right, let's close with a prayer. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To you to be kind, O children of Eve. To you to be send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this, our exile. Show unto us the fruit of, the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, Pray for us, O holy mother of God. I mean, we didn't promise Christ. We are the brothers of faith. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and uh, a few others, uh, a few other um, ways to follow us. But those are the main ways. Follow us and we will talk to you soon. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.